Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Ryan, we've got a, a great show lined up, but uh, you know, it's um, at the end of summer, dog days yeah. of summer, but that's good because football's starting. Football starting, people are going back to school, and hopefully the temperature is going to come down. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, September is typically. I remember yeah. going to um, just college football games in early September, and it can be just as hot as you know July. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Down here? Yeah. Oh. But you know, a good place to go during um, September, I found, is the beach. Because it's not yeah. as crowded, it's less expensive. Um, That's what we're doing. We're going to the beach in September. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, good time to go down there because the water's still, you know, warm and and the the temperatures still warm as well. So, yeah. uh, good, um, good, good time of the year. I like this because yeah. coming into fall and, and cooler weather is um, exciting. Absolutely, we haven't been on the show together in a while, so this will be it fun. Has, it has been a while. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, what's, you've been know. avoiding me or something. I, I intentionally try to make sure. Yeah, that that's right. Time. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, <laughs> Zach kidding. and I, Zach and I've been uh, lining it up the last couple of weeks. So, but we, hey, we have a great show lined up for you today. We've got um, kind of some lessons from the pandemic, and I think you know going through the pandemic, um, gosh, it was a different time, but. Uh, if you followed some some tried and true principles, you came out you know way ahead, and I'll let you kind of kind of give us an overview on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we there's a lot of things that we learned that we didn't necessarily need. We learned how to just deal with a different world, and so there's a lot of things during times like that that you can take away and, and apply to your everyday life. Now that we're kind of moving away, even though it's still around, it's definitely not what it was. So there there's some lessons that we can utilize for years to come. Yeah, there's going to be a pandemic in the future, not not yeah. specifically a pandemic, but you know something that impacts the markets. Whether it's, uh, I mean, the war over in Ukraine, um, you know, is uh, is an example. I mean, things always are in front of the market, and they're trying to figure out what the earnings are going to be. So it's going to be a great discussion. And then we're also going to look at um, an article. Uh, someone interviewed Dave Ramsey about how to become a millionaire. And obviously, if you know Dave Ramsey, like we know Dave Ramsey, he's got a lot of really good answers and a great process. So if you've never heard that discussion or his baby step process, check that out. We're going to go through that pretty uh, pretty detailed. And uh, then we've got some other good information to share with you on the financial fact and question in the prescription of the week. But um, my name is John Travis. Uh, I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified coach, and I have 30 years of experience in planning for both corporations and individuals. And I'm Ryan Borders. I am a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro. Yeah, so uh, you know we're excited to have you listening to us today. We have our show up every single Friday. Um, check it out. You can go to our website, moneymd.net, uh, or iTunes and listen to us. Uh, the website also has a lot of good information. If you never spend any time out there, we obviously have links to the old podcast. And um, I mentioned frequently when I when I talk on these, I, I like to go back and listen to the podcast during the pandemic, because that was a very um, unusual and unknown time. Yeah. And uh, just listen to, you know, the stories and, and the things that we were talking about back then. But check that out. And also, we have um, good tools and resources, a retirement plan. You can actually do a retirement plan out there as well. So Facebook page, MoneyMD, I think you did the prescription this week. So go yeah. check Ryan out on uh, our Facebook page. And we're going to start off here with the uh, financial fact of the week. And this comes from the uh, actual S&P um, Corporation. And as most people are familiar with the S&P 500, it's a cap-weighted index, and it basically is the, are the 500 largest stocks in the U.S. And at the end of July of 2022, the 42 largest stocks in the index had the same weight as the other 462 stocks in the index. So 
So one of the risks of investing only in the S&P 500, it is, it is, it is top heavy. So you've yeah. got the IBMs and the Googles and the Apples in there, which is great when they're doing well, but they go through periods of time like we've seen this year that they significantly underperform. So, you know, we we own the S&P 500 index, but we also own small stocks and international stocks and, yeah. you know, make sure that you're diversified because right now the largest stocks make up half of that weighting. And so as those 42 stocks go, that S&P 500 index prim- primarily is going to move in that direction as well. Wow. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. So that's, um, so just, just be diversified as the takeaway. So, all right. So Ryan, we're going to go back and uh, think about the pandemic a little bit. And this is back in 2020, um, you know, when the chaos was, was going on back in March of 2020. Um, and, uh, gosh, it seems like, uh, so long ago, um, over two and a half years ago now. Two and a half years, but yeah, it's still, still around. Definitely not at the severity it was, but golly, that was just such an interesting time. So much uncertainty and, you know, life was really turned upside down. You know, practically everyone in March of 2020, um, you know, all the States, uh, were locking down. I remember that and just really just trying to figure out, Hey, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, and so there's a couple things that, you know, uh, as we're looking back, these are the seven top money lessons from the uh, the pandemic. This comes from U.S. News and World Report. Um, and so one of the first things we learned is that you need an emergency fund. Yes. Right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> as you've always done. But, you know, when, when things like, oh, my gosh, you know, Sarah, my wife, she was out of work for over a month. Mm-hmm. And so having an emergency fund is crucial. And she's in the dental industry. That's yeah, very unusual. I'm yeah. not sure the dental industry has ever closed down before. Oh, never. All the offices closed. And it what we didn't know too is like there was no like hey we're opening on this date yeah so there was a lot of uncertainty obviously there was government programs that helped but having a good emergency fund really helps um just making sure that hey you can cover if you lose a job or you know who knows even if you got sick or something yeah and so conventional wisdom you know what we talk about is three to six months and that's what dave ramsey typically refers to as well but, you know, we've seen people rethink that since the pandemic. Some people are increasing it to nine months or even a year. Um, so another factor really in that plays into that is your emergency fund really depends on the stability of your current job. So, you know, if you have a variable income, then you may need more of a cushion. If you, um, you know, you have jobs that are that are going to happen regardless, I would probably say hospital would be one of those one of those jobs even during the pandemic um, they were still open they were obviously the primary business that was open during that time you may have you know three to six months maybe a, a better number but got to have an emergency fund there's always uh, unpredictable things in, in our economy and in our lives as well so that's number one on the list number two is um, retirees need to have some money set aside for market downturn I mean we see uh, bear markets happen occasionally um, you know it, it takes time sometimes from the from the peak of the market down to the bottom of the market so you need to have you know a process in place to to handle those dips and those um the bear markets and they happen about every four or five years absolutely like we just said you know retirees need to make sure they have the right amount of money like in the emergency fund set aside Um, but you also want to help by making sure your portfolio is properly allocated that you're working uh, with someone that has a system in place so you want to make sure you're well diversified have the right mix of bonds in your portfolio to write out downtimes when equities, when stocks are down. Um, so we see that a lot of times that people aren't prepared, especially coming off of such a big bull market, um, you know, where people think that it's always going to be good. And then you have times like now where, you know, equities are down. So you need to have a proper allocation 
uh, to make sure you can ride out, you know, down markets, which will happen again, which, you know, we remind people. Um, and we talk about a lot is, hey, markets are down about 25% of the time and up about 75% of the time. So you need to make sure you have the right allocation and money set aside. Uh, number three is it's easier to ride out uh, an emergency if you're debt free. Mm, that's so true. <laughs> Goodness yeah. gracious, yeah. So, you know, one of the big things we preach here is being debt free. And, you know, a lot of that is because uh, when when times get bad, you know, there's just less obligation, right? You know, so those who are out of work face the prospect of not being able to pay their bills. Uh, fortunately for them, the government did step in uh, with a variety of initiatives such as stimulus payments and pause on student loan payments. But, um, you know, that's not a foregone conclusion of the future. Yeah, right? no, that was that was very <laughs> unusual. And I do think it was timely what they did, um, you know, and it was more of a shotgun approach. I mean, it, some things weren't necessary, but, I mean, you didn't know at that point. Um so that the stimulus definitely helped people weather the situation. But, you know, paying down debt and reducing your monthly obligations can make it easier to weather the next financial storm, um, whether it's a you know period of high inflation, maybe a, a job loss. Uh, we love seeing people going to retirement being debt free. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot of times we'll pull money out. You know, if it, the markets have been been doing well, we'll pull money out um, even from an IRA and uh, which we certainly sensitive to taxes. We want to make sure we manage that piece of it. But getting rid of your debt is, is a big deal. If you have that opportunity, um, you know, as you go forward, get get rid of debt. It's it's if, if you don't like being debt free, then you can go get a mortgage. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've heard Dave say that before. It's kind of funny. So um, another one here on the list is um, that we realize going through the pandemic is, Ryan, we don't need to spend so much. I mean, no. I mean, the savings rate, listen to this, was 33% in April of 2020 because People stayed home. They stopped spending during the government um, lockdowns. And, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize how much discretionary income they really have. And so if there's one thing that the pandemic taught us, it's uh, we can do with less. And, um, you know, we most people went outdoors, right? You couldn't go to movies or restaurants. But uh, for the most part, you could go around here, Greenway or, you know, a lot of different places that you could go hang out outside. Yeah, I mean, you just learn all the different free resources that are out there. And I wish taking the pandemic side out of it, it would have been interesting to see if people were happier outside yeah, of it. Obviously, the virus makes people down. Sure, sure. But if it was just like we did this, would would people be just as happy if they were, you know, just spending time outside and having picnics rather than always buying stuff? We would go over to my parents' house and and eat outdoors, and we would separate outdoors, you know, ten to yeah. twelve feet because my my parents are a little bit older and. But it was just a time to, to get together. Yeah. And um, we ate food, and, and um, it was a happy time um, without you know, a lot of money spent. There was something to be said about just not being so busy. Yes. And just living I, life day I agree. to day. Yep. So, uh, the next is you can't time the market, which we talk about on this show all the time. It, you know, it's hard to predict when the stock market will take a turn. And if you pull your money out to avoid losses, you could miss out on, whether, on when there's a rebound. Um, Missing those rebound days could mean a sizable difference in your portfolio. So according to JP Morgan, um, you know, investing ten thousand and missing the ten best days in the market could mean the difference between having sixty-one thousand, around sixty-one thousand, or twenty-eight thousand after a twenty-year period. Mm-hmm. So it's really important not to miss those best days. Yeah, you can't time the market. I mean, the the data, the stats show that. Stay invested, do some rebalancing. Um, but you know, you, you look at the twenty twenty recovery, Ryan, and it was one of the quickest recoveries in history. I mean, in about yeah. two or three months, it fully recovered. And no one knows when the market's going to um, turn next. And you don't realize you're in the next event until you're already there. So investing, you know, uh, historically, 
the market's averaged about 10% uh, over the last 100 years, and, and 25% of those years have been negative. So stay invested, be diversified. Yeah. Um, obviously, past performance doesn't guarantee future results, but that's what we see historically. So another thing that we see is having a financial plan. I mean, that that provides uh, a peace of mind, and we saw that during the pandemic. It re- really reinforced the need for people to have that financial plan uh, that you know spells out their investment strategy. It's a lot of times people don't have that and then they panic. So panic can certainly destroy um, a long-term financial strategy, and you know it, it means taking you know making emotional decisions if you don't have that plan. And, and the planning that we do, we we build in negative years. It's part of the process. We expect it. We have a process in place to handle it, but you got to have that that plan to give you some peace of mind and know where you're going. Yeah, and going back to the uh, J.P. Morgan analysis, you know, note, you know, they noted that the second worst day of 2020 was followed by the second best day of the year. Uh, so, someone who panicked and pulled out their money uh, out of the market when it crashed would have missed recouping some of those losses on the next day. So, yeah, you want to have a good plan. You don't want to panic. Um, I'm curious real quick, John, did you, when, when, when it was down in March of 2020, when did you think it was going to recover? Did you like, what was your thought when that happened? I I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I think, um, the stimulus that happened was, was critical because it it gave people the ability to continue to pay their mortgages and took away the student loan um, process for businesses. They were able to pay their employees. Um, I think once that happened and that was in the, I think late April to early May, I felt more comfortable that, we would recover, um, and then you started hearing about the um, the vaccines that were being produced, yeah. and they were going to come out in the fall. And so, for me personally, um, I felt comfortable that by the end of the year we would be in a different spot. But but yeah. you just don't know. I mean, it exactly. was so unusual. Um, so many people were infected and dying, and and obviously the news media, you know, they they sell fear and they sell it very well. Not to um, you know, underestimate what we were going through, but it was a scary time. But I, yeah. I did, you know, personally, I mean, did, you know, I do what I tell our clients to do, stay calm, you know, don't panic. I actually put a little additional money into yeah. the markets to buy, you know, additional shares. I didn't know when it was going to turn around, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it, uh, that worked out well. Yeah. And August was just so quick. Goodness. I was just, yes. just thinking back on that. Um, the final is, Expect the unexpected. The final takeaway from the pandemic is that it can be hard to predict when or how finances will be disrupted. I mean, goodness gracious. And that look at the last 10, 20 years, just the things that have happened. Um, other things are going to happen. Yes, and they are. You got to be prepared for it and, and not panic like you just said, because we've come out of this. We've come out of everything yeah. so far. So we can't predict the future, but... Um, yeah, expect the unexpected. I think the one thing to remember when when the markets go down like they did during the pandemic or even now, the number of shares that you have didn't change. The prices Correct. change, yeah. but the number of shares that you have is the same as as before it started, whatever the 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 event is. Um, and if you can add to those shares when the prices recover, you will fully recover. So and the term I'm losing money. We're well, not losing money until you sell. That's you right. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that's the truth. I yeah. mean, if, yeah. you, if you have a good plan and can write it out, you know, you're not losing money until you sell. That's exactly right. So very good uh, discussion um, on the the pandemic and and lessons and. Got a good question of the week. We get this periodically. I'll let you uh, kind of take take yeah. this. So the question is, how much can I gift annually without triggering a gift return? Um, so a couple of things. Uh, you know, we have a sixteen thousand uh, yearly exclusion for gifting. So if you're married, filing jointly, you can do thirty two thousand. Um, you also have a lifetime exclusion, which is it's pretty large. Most people won't touch into that. Um, but at least year to year, it's the sixteen thousand per person. 
Um, one thing you consider is uh, appreciated stock, you know, gifting stock uh, as part of that, you know, that 16000 Yeah. So, you know, if you're um, a couple, you can actually give 32000 to, you know, let's say, your son and your son's uh, spouse yeah. as well. So it could be 64 in total that you give someone else. Um, if you go over that, then you have to file a uh, gift tax return. It's not, not, a, not a huge deal, but work with your CPA on that. Um, you know, there's, there are ways that, um, you can also gift more than that. And it has to be documented basically in the, um, estate taxes, um, you know, in the $12 million range. So most people are not going to be impacted that piece of it. So, um, yeah, so we get that question periodically. So Absolutely. very good. So we're going to switch gears and uh, talk a little bit of, uh, Dave Ramsey here. And, um, he was interviewed recently, uh, about the quickest way to become a millionaire. And I, I will say that we see a lot of people trying to build wealth quickly, right? Yeah. Um, by taking risky strategies, whether it's um, doing some of the meme stocks like GameStop or um, putting everything into Tesla. We've seen people doing leveraged purchases where they're borrowing money to go buy things to get rich quick. And, you know, I was kind of thinking as I read this, it's kind of like the number of people that are playing football in youth sports today and who is going to make it to the NFL. Right. Yeah. Because someone's going to make it to the NFL, but it, the percentage of people that make it to an NFL, kind of like the percentage of people that are going to hit the right stock at the right time, it's kind of a similar type analysis, yeah. you know? So uh, there's a way to, to, to build wealth and build money. And so obviously, most people know Dave Ramsey. He's a best selling author, personal finance expert. Um, he's on the popular radio show, um, The Ramsey Show, and he has like 20 million listeners a week. I didn't realize it was that much. Um, he's, um, he's been the CEO of Ramsey Solutions since 1992. He's, uh, recognized by Go Banking Rates as one of the, the most influential money people. Um, he's tied for the number one spot among the most popular and well-known money experts. I wonder who the other one is. I wonder if it's Clark Howard or, yeah, Susie. uh, Susie Orman, maybe. Yeah, I, don't, Susie I don't know, but he's, he's up there. Um, and he teaches people how to, how to, uh, manage money and, and become a millionaire. And so, uh, one of the questions is: Is what money move should every person make to build money uh, to build wealth? And so, the first thing you said is basically have a plan for your money, and it's um, AKA a budget. And so, if you want to build wealth, you have to plan for it, and then you have to get out of debt, and you have to stay out of debt. And you know, your your most powerful wealth building tool is your income. So, making sure you're using that income to um, to to build wealth versus sending it to Sally Mae or credit card companies. Um, and you know, if you do that, you'll have more money basically. And so Absolutely. we're going to go through a couple of steps here as we, as we talk about this interview, but, um, this was just a couple of days ago that he had this interview. Yeah. And, and where he sees a lot of people screw up and, and we see it too on their way to building wealth is they don't live on less than they make. Uh, believe it or not, wealthy people don't blow all their money on, on stupid stuff. Um, from the national study of millionaires, the typical millionaire has never carried a credit card balance in their entire life. Okay. Spends... 200 or less on restaurants each month and still shops with coupons. Hmm. That's really interesting. Um, the myth that most millionaires live lavish lifestyles, including Ferraris and their garages and a lobster dinner every yeah. night, is it, just kind of, it's more of a myth. It's kind yeah. of a cartoon, right? <laughs> yeah. And they have, they did a, um, a, a study and there's a book out about the um, typical millionaire. And, and so they, they know a lot of, they have a lot of information on, some of the uh, the ways of, of millionaires. And, and really the quickest right way to become a millionaire is to consistently invest over a long period of time. I mean, it's not shocking. It's not flashy, but it has worked historically. So um, these, these get rich quick schemes, um, 
you know, most people lose um, very quickly on that and like a, a large percentage of them. So don't get distracted by market swings or, or trendy stocks or these schemes that we're talking about. So once you're debt free, except for your home, have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses set aside and then invest 15% of your gross income into a retirement account like a 401k or a Roth IRA you do that for a couple of decades and you'll be able to live and to give like no one else. And we see that. We see people come in here and they've had good, solid jobs in this local economy making like in today's terms, probably $80,000 and they'll retire with a million to a million and a half dollars because they've saved consistently and they haven't tried to time it. They've been diversified and they put money in for 40 years. Okay. So you've been doing this a long time, John. How many years now? Uh, 30. 30 years. Okay. Have you ever met with someone that did get rich off one of those get rich quick schemes? I'm just curious out of all the people you've met with. Um, I, I have, there is one person that came through that um, had done very well with a growth stock. Okay. Um, yep. And uh, you know, the, the story's not finished cause they're still in the middle of it. So, yeah. um, you know, but generally no, I mean, most of the time it goes the other way. Um, yeah. You know, when a stock continues to make, you know, 50 or 100% a year, at some point, it's not going to make that. And you keep putting more and more money in there. So I've, there's been one person that comes to mind that has uh, done very well. Okay. On Interesting. That. So yeah. one, that's, yeah, not, not, not great odds. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next question on here was, what are some of the biggest obstacles to building wealth? Uh, so Dave says, you know, in his mind, the, the biggest obstacle to building wealth is debt. Uh, most people are drowning in debt and end up working their entire lives just to see everything they earn go right back out the door um, in the form of payments. Um, your income is your greatest wealth building tools, what Ramsey says. When it is eaten up by debt, it's almost impossible to save for the future. And that is so, so true. Yeah, it is. And so what advice would, would Dave Ramsey give for building, uh, for balancing building wealth and paying off debts? And basically it says, don't worry about the balance here. Get out of debt first. Make sure you have that emergency fund to protect you you know, three to six months of expenses before you start investing for retirement. So so think about it. When your money is tied up in debt payments, you can't build real wealth. And, and if you start investing before you build up an emergency fund, you're going to end up tapping in your investments um, when something unexpected happens and potentially ruin the financial future in the process. So, you know, that that process, the baby steps that he has about getting out of debt, having that emergency fund, and then going into investments is the right order. Absolutely. So what are the essential elements of a successful plan to pay off debt? Uh, you know, Ramsey says the first step is making sure you're living on a written monthly budget. Um, give every dollar a name and a job to do, you know, before the month begins. This is the only way you'll know, you know, for sure how much money you have to work with. And gosh, that's so true. Um, even just from experience and work with clients, uh, once that's in place, start attacking your debt using the debt snowball method. List all your debts, smallest to largest, regardless of interest rates, you know, and make a minimum payment on the, all the debts except the smallest, throwing as much money as you can at that one. Once that debt is gone, take this payment, take its payment and apply it to the next smallest debt while continuing to make minimum payments on the rest. Repeat this method as you plow your way through debt. The more you pay off, the more you f- your freed up money grows like a snowball, hence the name, and rolling down a hill. Yeah, so some people say, well, well, Dave, why would you pay off the smallest balance versus the highest interest rate? And his response is, if it was about math, you wouldn't be in debt in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> As only Dave can say. So, you know, the highest interest rate seems like it makes sense mathematically. Um, 
But if you begin with the biggest debt, you're not going to see any real results for a long time. And when this happens, most people lose steam and they quit before they're, you know, they get close to finishing. So it's important to pay your debts in a way that keeps you motivated until you have them all wiped out. So getting quick wins in the beginning will light a fire under you and you'll have additional motivation to paying off the remaining debt. So again, you know, Dave talks about building wealth is like a crock pot, right? It's not a microwave. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't happen instantaneously. And so it, it does take time to build wealth and um, it's a process and there is a way to do it. And, and this goes back to finances so much about just mental, behavioral, mm-hmm. right? And just taking that debt out, I mean, just really encourages you and keeps you going to where if you're just throwing it at such a large number, it feels like, you know, you're not getting anything done. And just to be able to knock that first one out, then you start believing you can do it. And that just has a huge, profound effect on your plan. Yeah, that's right. So if you have any questions on that, certainly reach back out to us. We'll be more than happy to uh, to help you out and answer your questions. And we're going to close the show here with the prescription of the week. Yeah, so we're talking about emergency funds. And so, you know, make sure you have, you know, a good emergency fund. We typically suggest three to six months of expenses. But when you have extra cash, you know, the question is like, what should you do with it? Well, typically we said, hey, if, if both spouses are working, six months, I mean, three months is good. You can go up to six months. If one is working, it's good to have six months of expenses. Um, but money on top of that, then, you know, utilize things like a brokerage account where you can save and invest in the markets and not be tied up like retirement money. So you can use, I call it a life account in mm-hmm. my own home. And mm-hmm. you can do things like buy a car from that, or maybe you pay off your mortgage faster. Um, or buy golf clubs. Yeah, because money, you know, yeah, buying golf clubs, <laughs> <laughs> that's a... Can be a real waste of money, goodness gracious. But a lot of it. Uh, but what's really cool is you know just you know adding a lot. We see a lot of times people just have huge savings accounts, but it's not really doing much for you. You're yeah. losing purchasing power, especially in a high inflationary environment like we're seeing today. Yeah, we do see a lot of people with with excess cash, and so that first step is um, you know define what your emergency fund is, and that that number is different for each couple, right? Some people want to have a little bit more than six months. Some people not necessarily. So. Pick that number, and then anything above that number, you can go to your next goal. And yeah. um, the brokerage account is a great place. You can have multiple brokerage accounts. You can have a life one. Um, you can also have one for retirement as well. So yeah. brokerage account gives you some flexibility um, with that excess cash. Absolutely. All righty. So that's uh, been this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check out our website, MoneyMD.net, and send us your questions. Or give us a call here at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great weekend. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 